Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Guess what new toy Kaylin got today? Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Flippity floppity flop flop flip. If you haven't figured out what I got yet, I got a new microphone and what they call a windscreen or a pop filter. So whenever I say any words with the letter P P or B B, the windscreen stops the air from getting into the microphone and making a shh noise that hurts your ears. So hopefully this will be much better audio for you guys listening. Hello everybody and welcome to Starting Sustainability, new and improved audio version, episode 45. I am your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Currently right now, my husband had his wisdom teeth removed this morning, so I took the day off of work. I have some free time now because he is conked out with his pain meds. So I took this opportunity to record a podcast. What all have I been up to lately? Well, if you follow me on Facebook group, Starting Sustainability, you will see that today I made homemade spaghetti sauce. My pastor at my church, his wife, so he and his whole family, they have a garden at their house. And it's a big garden because they're out in the country and they have lots of land. Anyways, she still has an overabundance of produce. And she literally sent out a text to all of the members of the church said, please come and take some of these. Like they've had their fill (laughs) of all their produce this summer. She had a whole wagon full of tomatoes. So I took like 30 some tomatoes and bell peppers. She had fresh basil from her garden. So I took that. Then I used items from my imperfect foods order promo code start. I used carrots, onions, and fresh garlic from my imperfect foods. I did have to use some dried. I didn't have any oregano or parsley. So I had to use those herbs dried, but everything else was pretty much fresh. And I reached out and asked like, hey, I have all this stuff. Who can <laughs> who can help me make spaghetti sauce? Everybody always makes salsa, at least around me. I feel like everybody makes salsa. We just don't go through enough salsa to justify doing all of that work. So I decided to make spaghetti sauce, and I did that today. So I cut up all the vegetables, put them on a cookie sheet, put them in the oven, and roasted them. That, by the way, is the best hack ever. Roast them in the oven first. Then you can just peel the skins, literally just lift the skin right off the tomato. Because that was all the recipes kept saying, you have to peel the tomatoes. And I thought, that is going to take eternity to peel the skin off of all these tomatoes. So that is definitely the fastest way to do that. After the unroasting, you peel the skins off. And then just, I have a ninja blender. So I threw everything in there and blended it all up. Tasted it, added a little bit of salt and pepper, a little bit of sugar because it was kind of a little bit bitter. So I put in some sugar to kind of sweeten it up and then it tasted great. And I made equivalent to four jars of spaghetti sauce. And it took me probably an hour tops. That's pretty good. I have still been doing a support local kick. I'm still on that. Probably I shouldn't even say kick. I'm planning on doing that for a while. Anyways, my friend Amanda, it was her birthday. So I took her out for her birthday. We went to a local bakery and we got little sweet treats and smoothies and then we went and got pedicures at a local nail salon which I had never been to to be honest the last time I had a pedicure I'm pretty sure was prom so we're talking over 16 17 years ago was last time I had a pedicure and it was her first time ever having a pedicure too but it was a fun little girls night out well afternoon evening out to celebrate her birthday and to support the local economy so that was fun This past weekend was Labor Day weekend, so we took the family and we went hiking at Turkey Run State Park. That was our local, eco-friendly, very cost-effective fun that we had. 
and apparently everybody else had the same idea. It was extremely crowded. I had never been to Trick Your Own State Park when it was so crowded. There's an overflow lot. I grew up around there. I didn't even know that there was an overflow lot and we had to park in it. Oh, and the last thing that we did, we went to the farmer's market on Saturday. And this time I brought my husband with me and I said, you pick out the meat because they had a, a freezer there of goat meat and lamb meat. And I said, you pick it out. I want to try it because goat meat is, goats are more sustainable than beef. Let's give it a shot. So he purchased it. He smoked it on the smoker and we tried it Saturday night. And here's the verdict. It was $16 for four lamb chops. Now, before you think that's a good deal, these lamb chops were the size of a chicken wing. It was literally one to two bites per each lamb chop. And that was $16. That was a lot. The goat chops were more affordable. They were $6 and you got six goat chops. They were twice the size of the lamb chops. So they were more affordable and we would do it again for that reason. However, my husband is pretty darn good at grilling and smoking meats. And he looked up recipes and did a marinade and a seasoning. So when you licked the meat, the flavor was really good. But when you bit into it and chewed on the meat, it tasted like a farm animal. I had never experienced that flavor before. And I didn't really know how to describe it until he said, this tastes like a farm animal. And I said, yeah, it tastes like a farm. When you go to a farm and you smell the farm, that's what it tasted like. It wasn't gamey like you would get from a deer or any fresh hunt. It was farm animal tasting. So we're probably not going to do that again. I know it's more sustainable, but it was pricey and it we didn't enjoy it. It wasn't worth it. I only eat meat maybe three to four times a week at the most. So if I'm going to do it, I, I want it to be good. <laughs> that didn't work for us. I wanted to give an update on the last podcast, on the last episode. I asked for people to submit names to call the listeners of the podcast. We also put up polls on Facebook and Instagram. And so I got some feedback. I have the Green Team, Eco Crew, Sustaina Gurus, Eco Avengers, like a play on Avengers, Planeteers, which I think is taken from Captain Planet. So I like it, but I don't know if there's a copyright issue there. Wabi Sabi Squad, <laughs> which is really fun to say. Waste Warriors, which I love waste warriors. My hesitation with warriors is that I want to make sure we're being culturally sensitive to Native Americans or anybody else who uses the word warriors to describe themselves. And then the last one is the sustainers, just sustainers. Simple, simple and clean. I like all of these. I haven't really decided which one yet, so I'm going to test them out and see which one kind of flows better and which one sticks. Now for the main part of our discussion today, what does it mean when people say close the loop or aim for a circular economy? I took economics in both high school and college, and I never learned what that was. So I'm going to break it down for you. Personally, I always thought closing the loop meant reduce, reuse, recycle. And if you did all three, you completed the loop. Look at the recycling symbol. It has three arrows and a triangle shape. Isn't that the loop they were talking about? Nope. <laughs> If we buy something and recycle it, then the next time we buy an item, it must be made from a recycled material in order for the loop to be closed. If we just keep buying brand new and recycling, we aren't really being as sustainable as we could be. In order to be effective, we need to reduce what we buy, reuse what we have, and if we must buy something, we need to get a version that's made from recycled materials. 
Then when we can no longer reuse an item, we must recycle it and continue buying items made from recycled materials. That is closing the loop. Now I'm going to explain the next term, which is a circular economy. Now I got this article, it's titled The End of Trash, and it's from the National Geographic Magazine, March 2020. So right before coronavirus hit, or right as it was hitting the U.S., I should say. It basically explains that a circular economy is closing the loop on a much bigger scale. Think back to the old days. Right now my husband and I are watching Hell on Wheels. I know, we're very late to the game. <laughs> it's been done and over with for a while, but we're late. we're getting to it now. By the way, our next kid will be named Colin Bohannon because that guy is a bad A. He is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Hell on Wheels, if you haven't seen the show, it takes place in 1865 to 1869, and it's about building the railroad across the United States right after the Civil War. And as I watch it, I think, wow, it was really rough to live like that. But at the same time, I think there was zero waste. Nothing was ever wasted. Everything was used, reused, repurposed, refurbished, until not even the bums wanted it. And then it would either get burned in a fire or decompose naturally on its own because everything was from a natural material. Nothing was synthetic. Plastic did not exist at that time. Materials taken from the earth were eventually returned to the earth. And that is a circular economy. So let's think about today. Today's industrial economy is very linear. We humans harvest minerals, ores, fossil fuels, and biomass from the earth. We take sand and we turn it into concrete apartment towers. Metal ores become ships and cars or combine harvesters if you're here in Indiana with me. In one year, we harvested 22.2 billion, billion with a B, tons of biomass just to feed everybody on this planet. Fossil fuels powered those vehicles, kept us warm, became plastic, and a whole bunch of other things. However, two-thirds of the material that we source from this planet turned into waste, and 67 billion tons of stuff became plastic in the rivers and oceans, nitrates and phosphates that leached into fertilized fields. One-third of the food rotted. One third of the food rotted. There are starving people all over this earth, and we let a third of the food rot. Only 9% of the waste that we produced around the world was classified as reused resources via recycling, composting, water treatment, etc. So what's the big key message here? We need to stop wasting this earth. This is why we're in this predicament. This is why we have a climate crisis and everything else. In the last 500 years, the earth's population has doubled and the amount of raw material flowing through the economy has more than tripled. That's why consumerism has become such a bad thing. We feel the need to buy more stuff and instead of taking care of it, we just go buy more. We are reaching our limits. We must transition towards a circular economy. But how do we do this? Simple. Reduce, reuse, recycle, just like we talked about earlier. But also, you can rent instead of owning things, repurpose things, and a whole long list of a bunch of other words that begin with the letter R that reflect sustainability, like refuse, rot for composting, rethink, redesign, redefine, reevaluate, reset, Recover, reflect, refurbish, 
Reassemble. Does all this sound familiar? I asked this question on the Facebook group back in April, and those are all of the answers. You have to remember that nothing is thrown away. It all goes somewhere. Things become trash when they lose value to us. That is why one person's trash is another's treasure. Think of it this way. If you only have $20 to your name and you need a pair of shoes, and the shoes that you can afford are $20 shoes, you're going to take care of them as if they are worth $400 because you absolutely need them and you have no way to replace them. Compare that to somebody who has 50 plus pairs of shoes. When they step in dog poo, they have no issues just throwing away those shoes and getting another pair. Does that kind of sound weird? What about diapers? Diaper costs 25 cents. So when it's covered in poo, everyone is on board to throw it away. What about when the poo shoots up the back or down the legs and gets all over that $40 super adorable baby outfit? Suddenly, the person who's too grossed out to clean up the diaper has the ability to muster up the strength and clean that outfit because it has more value. Want another example? What about an $800 mattress? If you bought a brand new mattress, you'd keep it in the house? You would never leave it outside on the curb because the value is monetary and it's where you sleep. Now guess what happens eight years later? You get a new mattress and the old mattress goes straight to the curb without any other thought because it has lost its value to you. What if we could retrain our eyes to see dollar value on things? We would take better care of those things and not be wasteful. When we had our first baby, I immediately saw 25 cents being thrown away with each diaper. And we are going through 10 diapers a day. That is $2.50 per day times 30 days. That's $75 per month. How long does it take to potty train a kid and get them out of diapers? You can do the math there. That's why we did cloth diapers, because it saved us a boat ton of money. Now let's think about other disposables. Paper towels, Kleenex, Ziploc bags, paper plates, paper napkins, plastic utensils. All of these are designed to be so cheap that it is easy to throw them away without seeing the value. But if you could add up five cents here, 10 cents there for a family, the cost of all your disposables can really affect your budget. Let's work together to retrain our brains to see and analyze dollar signs on every piece of trash. And I'm doing quotes around trash. You just can't see it because it's a podcast. Everything that leaves your hand and goes into the trash can or the bin, food, clothes with holes, etc., you need to start seeing dollar signs on those. Speaking of clothes, I am guilty. In the past, I would have a clothing item with a stain or a hole in it and think, I can't donate that because of the stain or the hole and I don't know how to fix it. Therefore, I'm just going to throw it away. And it's okay. I would rationalize that it was okay to do that because I got it on clearance or I received it for free as a hand-me-down or it's out of fashion now. We need to change the thinking process on throwing items away. Also, we need to learn the basics of clothing repair. Learn how to sew a button on if it falls off or how to stitch up a small hole. You can iron on a patch for worn spots on jeans. And look for good quality clothing that's going to last a long time. I think that was episode 8. I did an episode fast fashion where I give you tips on that, on how to find good quality clothing. I know that quarantine is pretty much done with at this point, but if you're still in the mood to declutter your house... Because even though I know many people had ample time, somehow they just didn't have time to (laughs) clean their house and exercise and everything else. 
Whenever you do get in the mood to declutter your house, whether it's fall cleaning, right around Christmas time for a swap party, spring cleaning, whatever the case may be, you're getting ready to move. Whenever the next time is where you want to declutter your house, make three piles. Keep, donate, and trash. And then really evaluate that trash pile and ask yourself, can you recycle, reuse, repurpose, repair, or even resell and make some cash? Remember from earlier, two-thirds of what we take from the earth is wasted and it doesn't have to be. We must retrain your brain, close the loop, and strive for a circular economy. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts about closing the loop or following a circular economy, please feel free to share them on the Facebook group or on Instagram. Give us your feedback. Let us know. I love getting feedback from everybody. You can still go to my website, www.startingsustainability.com slash episode 45. Oh, also, before I go, this just popped in my head. I forgot to mention earlier. If you've been following on the Facebook group, you saw there was an article about the top 10 sustainability podcasts to listen to in 2020. And guess what? Starting Sustainability was listed as number two which is really awesome. So thank you to everybody out there, my group of sustainers, my eco crew, my wabi-sabi people. What was it? Wabi-sabi squad. (laughs) So thank you everybody out there for supporting, for listening to this podcast and supporting it and and making it rank number two, that is so fascinating. And so it's such an elated feeling for me. And I could not have gotten there without you. So thank you all very, very much. I hope that everybody has a wonderful rest of their week. Please continue to stay sustainable. And I will talk to everybody next time. And between now and then, work on retraining your brain. Retrain your brain. All right, bye. Bye.